Hey, what up, Long Beach? We've got a really big shoe for you this week. Big scores on the Diamonds, Big West tournaments coming up, big news about LB Nation coming back to the stands. As always, the LB Fee Show is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasio. Very excited to join you guys. As always, uh, we've got Long Beach State water polo coach Shayna Welsh coming up in a little bit, so definitely stick around for that great interview. But first, the man of the hour, the man of the season, a man for all time, Long Beach State <laughs> Athletic Director Andy Fee. Andy, welcome to the show. That is one heck of an introduction. I, I, I definitely am recording this right now, but uh, <laughs> great, to, uh, great to hear and see you guys, as always, and excited for uh, Beach Nation and, and what we got going on right now. Lots of, lots of positive news and not what? positive cases, positive news. Yes, yeah, so we, we can be back to being excited about positivity. Andy, I'm always going to gas you up when we've hung out at a football game and you've given me the hand warmers. You know, that's it. <laughs> That's an automatic plus 10 in the reputation score for me. <laughs> well, I was cold. So I was thinking you had to be cold because you were wearing shorts, I think. And I was, and I'm a wimp, <laughs> Mike. So I am all about the hand warmers. As you know, I, I carry those around, especially at Blair Field, uh, Bold Diamond. It gets a little chilly out there at night. So uh, happy to, happy to get you some hand warmers. There, there are some cold spots in Long Beach and I'd say, Bull Diamond at Blair Field, Benner's Memorial Stadium, and that football field at Cabrillo are top three coldest places in Long Beach pretty much at all times. places that you and I work are the coldest places <laughs> in Long Beach. Yes, I agree <laughs> Well, we have uh, no time to gild the lily today because, like I said, we've got a big show coming. And the number one story has got to be fans back in the stands at Walter Pyramid this weekend watching men's volleyball. And, hey, they won via sweep. It was as if the energy from the fans helped them bounce back from a five-set loss the night before. Pretty so impressive weird. stuff. It's so weird. <laughs> Amazing. Andy, congratulations to you and the department for finally getting that done. It was a long road, though, right? Yeah, it, it felt really good. And, you know, many thanks uh, to so many people, primarily quick shout out to uh, President Jane Connolly for leading the charge for us to, to really make it happen. And uh, to, to those folks um, in local public health, uh, to our staff in the athletic department, to the fans, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's not normal. You know, you show up and you get a temperature check and, you know, you got to get the green check mark on your phone and, and all these added kind of obstacles. So very exciting. It, it really felt good. You know, I had been, um, and, and you guys know this, you know, I'd been at a couple previous matches this year, men's volleyball specifically, and great volleyball, but, you know, the ambiance wasn't there. So to have fans, even limited fans in the crowd, cheering, chanting, uh, getting, the, getting the guys fired up felt really, really good. Yeah, that's a lot going into it, though, right? You, you just said temperature checks and getting a green check on your phone, but there's there's so much else going on be, uh, behind. Yeah. The so did yeah, it go I, well? Like it could have <laughs> been it could have been bad. So you tell you you're saying it went well. Yeah, I, I oversimplified everything on my uh, my previous comments. So <laughs> yes, it, you know you 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 come in, you, you got to get a temporal uh, check for your for your temperature. You have to go into, uh, there's a little app or a website on the university where you got to go through these you know, kind of questions on your, your medical health and, and get a green check mark that you have to show to gain access. And then once you're inside, 
social distancing. So pods of four seats, but distance from each other uh, by about six feet. And that really creates issues. So even though you say, hey, there's a couple thousand seats in the pyramid, once you kind of get into the six foot social distancing rule, the pods of four, it really limits the number of, of seats. I think we had about 500 people at the match and it was sold out, so to speak. And yeah, it takes, it takes a lot, you know, monitoring, you know, making sure everybody was sitting in the right spot, wearing masks. Uh, you know, we had hand sanitizer everywhere for fans and, and others, but the fans were great. It, you know, it was not normal coming in and, you know, having to get, you know, a parking, you know, you know, put your parking information in at the kiosk. That's not normal. Normally we have somebody there who you know takes your money to park. Um, that slowed down the entrance a little bit, the check marks, the, the whole deal. And the fans were great. They had a positive attitude about it in terms of just excited to be there. Um, you know, I got a really nice email from one of the parents just expressing her appreciation for everything. And, and that's why we do what we do for the student athletes. And while it was the last match of the year for the men's team, we still got a match in with fans, senior night, parents were there doesn't doesn't fill the void but it certainly helps and I know the mental health of our athletes uh, just to just to see their parents in the stands uh it was so different there was a definite pep in their step and you know we played a lot better could have played could have played better if you if you talk to coach you know he's so <laughs> critical of their play but you know we sweep we sweep Northridge and you know it was a great night so it worked out well but you know, kudos to all of our staff and, and like I said, public health fans. It, it, as I always say, it takes a village. And to put that thing together, it took everybody pulling on the rope together to give each other some grace, some patience, and we got it done. Well, and like you said, I mean, it's, you know, so important to get it for that senior night ceremony. Um, and I think it also gives, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I, I would think also for a lot of Long Beach State fans and, and coaches and for you, Andy, it just starts to allow you to see a fall 2021 where hopefully we're not talking about normalcy anymore because things are just kind of normal, right? It, it lets you see what that light at the end of the tunnel looks like with, uh, you know, peep fans at all kinds of games, you know, being able to go see some baseball games and softball and, and men's volleyball. So um, I just seeing the photos of the pyramid, I mean, I, it was just so nice just to, see that glimpse into the future is kind of the way that I thought about it. Uh, the men's volleyball team on the way to uh, Hawaii this week for the big West tournament. Um, we wanted to ask you about that a little bit. I think you've done a good job of peeling back the curtain on exactly how complex some of these planning uh, <laughs> efforts are. What is it like to plan and, and be involved in the planning for a conference tournament in another state? with its own completely different regulations uh, and health department guidelines around, you know, COVID-19. How, how difficult was that for you guys? Yeah, nothing, nothing is simple in, in the world of COVID in terms of, of travel and operations. I will be traveling with the team um, to Honolulu, twist my arm, but uh, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be traveling as the administrator for, uh, for the big West tournament. But, it's big of you. It, it's big of you to make Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. sometimes you got to do what you got to do, Mike. You know, <laughs> take, you take one for the team, you know. You don't have to pack any hand warmers, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> no hand warmers. Finally, you know, Andy Andy the Wimp will hopefully be able to survive the, 
the uh, the climate over in the islands, but uh, but never never easy. Um, for example, yesterday, you know, we're traveling to Hawaii. Uh, from noon to one thirty was our window. We all went over to Long Beach Airport. We're flying from Long Beach Airport to Honolulu uh, to go get our PCR test. Uh, the state of Hawaii requires you to have a PCR test within 72 hours of your flight to enter the state. So uh, we all went over yesterday uh, to get tested uh, for the, I don't know how many of time collectively uh, through this year, but we're now experts in, 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 in the nasal pharynx or whatever they call it, the swab. But we, have to, we had to do that. Uh, we also, you have to upload your results. So I was busy doing that with my results this morning. You got to log into the state of Hawaii. Uh, you got to fill out all these things. Uh, I feel like one of our fans coming to the pyramid, you know, I got to get the green check mark. I got to do all these things, but um, you know, you get to Hawaii and it's also a little bit of a process when it's almost like going through customs. Um, if you were flying in internationally to the, to the U S in a normal sense, because you, you have to show, where are you staying? Where's your return? Um, you know, you have proof of, you know, return to the mainland. Um, we will be testing every single day um, at uh, the site. So we'll be testing every, every day there. And, you know, it's not normal. So in a weird way, you know, we're going to this, you know, paradise, right? It's a tropical island. And in a way, you know, we're still remaining in our bubble. Um, you know, we'll, we'll let the guys outside, but it is not going to be, you know, running all over the place. Everybody's kind of doing their own freedom, you know, running around, you know, Waikiki, you know, for two hours, just, you know, window shopping, so to speak, not going to be doing any of that. You know, the guys, we're going to make sure that we, we stick together. We do not want to get obviously anyone testing positive over there because here's where it even gets more complex, you know, knock on wood, but if any team, so if any team, if somebody tests positive, you have to stay there for 14 days. I mean, I know that sounds like, oh, Hawaii, but you, you have to stay in your hotel room. <laughs> so, you, you, you know, you're going to be looking out at, at beautiful paradise, but you wow. are stuck in your room. And that's a tough deal. I know it sounds, you know, first world problem right there, but 14 days is 14 days. So, you know, we want to make sure that we, we do the right things. These guys have been great all year long, um, but nothing is simple in the world of COVID related to travel and just making games happen. I mean, it's, it's, it boggles your mind sometimes how, how many hoops you have to jump through, but we'll jump through them and we're grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. I can imagine just making the plans for a trip to Hawaii is so much more difficult now because when you make the plans for this tournament, you're doing it in a completely different world. The restrictions and what's open when you made these plans are completely different than the week you actually go. So you're like going back in time almost to where you were before just to survive. That's yeah, that's absolutely crazy. At least the track and field program didn't have to travel. They got to host the Long Beach Infidational at Jack Rose uh, track on campus, which is obviously a great event for the program. How did that go? Did it go as well as the volleyball and the Walter Pyramid? Yeah, so really, again, proud of our staff. Uh, you know, putting on an event, not only is travel tough, but hosting the event is, is difficult because you get into, again, social distancing. Um, how do you warm up? How do you keep the team separate? We use the, uh, the baseball field on campus as kind of a warm-up area, staging area for the teams. And, you know, we had to paint lines and boxes and, you know, where could the team stay, go? 
it, you know, and then reminding people. And again, I'm, I'm the same way, you know, sometimes you get lost in your thoughts, right? You're prepping, you're ready for your event. You're not necessarily thinking, oh, I should, you know, wear my mask and six feet away. You're, you're focused on your event. So, you know, having staff in place to, to help remind people, make sure we keep each other, you know, safe here. Because again, you, you don't want someone um, testing positive and you don't want someone to, to catch it, right? I mean, you don't want, you know, if someone on Fullerton had it and now Andy's got it in Long Beach. So we're trying to keep people apart, trying to host an event, but it was great. You know, you, you saw so many great things. You know, I think of, I had a chance to talk to Jason Smith on, on Thursday out at, at the track and he was just so fired up to be able to jump at home. Um, you know, against some great competition. And I think not only Jason, but the rest of our athletes did a tremendous job um, with the results. I think Coach Scythe, in a tough year, very happy so far with where things are tracking and still a long way to go. But, you know, again, great, great ambiance, great atmosphere. We had music playing, trying to get, you know, people going. Uh, you know, I talked to Coach Scythe and you know, he said uh, on some of our other trips, you know, Stanford, UCLA, great venues, right? But no ambiance, no energy, because they didn't have fans. They didn't have anything uh, there to, to get people going. So one thing we wanted to do was kind of have music playing and get a vibe, get the athletes fired up, motivated. And I think we accomplished it and did it in a safe manner. Well, that's great. A lot of events going on at Long Beach State right now. So we're going to whip it around the horn and do a last week at the beach. As we mentioned two weeks ago, hottest team on campus right now is the softball team. They're 20 and five overall and they're 14 and one in the Big West after winning their 11th straight game sweeping UC Santa Barbara. A thrilling comeback in that third game to secure the sweep. Matty Ruffin with a Mookie Betts-esque diving catch to seal that victory. And they're also hitting the crap out of the ball. Junior Alyssa Gonzalez had at least one hit and one RBI in all four of those games. She also had two home runs and 10 RBIs on the weekend against the Gauchos. So they are looking very good in that first place battle with Fullerton lurking around the corner. Uh, Dirtbags also putting up some big numbers this weekend. They went up to take on Pacific. They scored 28 runs. You heard that right. 28 runs in the series finale, the second most for a single game in program history and the 43 runs that they scored on the weekend is the most in any series they've played since 20 or since uh, 2004. I, I got to be honest with you. Usually in baseball, there's like this thing where if your offense gets really hot, you're like, Hey, 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 save it for tomorrow. You know, don't use it all in one game, but the way the Zerbag season has been going, I was like, no score all the runs. Get all the momentum you can possibly get coming home to take on a very good team this weekend at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. So it was very good to see those guys get hot a little bit. Yeah, you don't very often give up 10 runs and blow out the other team in baseball. <laughs> uh, I was looking for Jeff Severson out there, some of our other, you know, our old football alums. I didn't know what was going on, but, uh, you know, uh, good to see the bats wake up. Um, you know, I know Coach, you know, being a pitching guy, concerned about the pitching but he'll he'll get that figured out straightened out great great opportunity by week to add the pacific series get some guys more at bats try out some some different guys on the mound different combinations so you know to, to take the series you know hey very happy with that 
some, some things to work on, but a lot of positives coming out of that road trip and home this weekend against Santa Barbara. So that will be a, a clash of the Titans for sure. And most, most importantly, your extra, your, uh, your special teams is looking good because the kicker made all his extra points. You know what I mean? <laughs> good to see the round 28. Uh, yeah, the uh, series against UC Santa Barbara is really uh, put up or shut up time for that team. You know what I mean? It's it's that point in the season. UC Santa Barbara is ahead of them in the Big West Conference standings. Uh, they're at home for four games. Like this, this is it. Or as Coach likes to say, they'll be playing for funsies for the rest of the season. Uh, we already mentioned men's volleyball. They are going to be at that Big West Conference tournament. But like we said, they took down CSUN in their last game at Walter Pyramid in front of those fans. A conference win streak at home of 23 matches now which is pretty impressive and mike we got to shout out the guys who made the uh, big west conference first team honorable mention and all freshman team yeah salute to simone anderson and spencer olivier uh for making that first team um i think spence is definitely a guy obviously simone was a key contributor on those uh, national championship teams but spence is a guy they've been excited about for a few years and i think he's clearly shown that uh He's a, a national caliber, you know, one of those top guys in the country. But the future is also bright. Uh, Clark Godbold and uh, Simon Torwey, both on the all-freshman team. Um, Godbold was like, was sort of rated somewhat similarly to TJ DeFalco, was like a top national recruit coming in. And um, definitely you can see he, he's still not quite, he hasn't quite mined the depths of his talent the way that TJ had as a freshman. You can still see there's a, a long way for Clark to go. But the better he gets over the next couple of years, he could end up being, a, you know, a national POI type of a player. I, I really think that. And then Torwey's six foot ten and can move, which is like, you know, I don't know. It's like hitting the lottery twice. <laughs> He's uh, well, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. I love watching that guy, man. We'll obviously talk more about it with Coach Welch when she comes on in just a minute. But the women's water polo team is coming off a thrilling 15-14 win in a shootout with uh, uh, UC San Diego last weekend, Lena Katanchin scoring a team high five goals in the two games over the weekend. Beach Volleyball also picked up two wins. They did not drop a single set in their matches against St. Catherine. We already mentioned track and field, hosted that Long Beach Invitational. Once again, the uh, track and field field is killing it. High jumpers, Jason Smith and Claire Gibson both won the high jump in that event. And then to the links, got to talk a little golf at the Thunderbird Collegiate, Isaac Rodea finished four under par to be in the top 25. And on the women's side at Fresno State Classic, the senior Holland Shorts and Angelina Kim, they both finished in the top 10. And that's good momentum for them because they're going to the Big West Championship this week. Also this week at the beach, like we said, Bull Diamond at Blair Field, going to be hosting four games, dirtbags against UC Santa Barbara. Andy, you mentioned before we got on air, you said that you guys might be able to get some students at Bull, Bull Diamond at Blair Field as well. Yeah, so we're working on that. Uh, we want to get some students in, no charge for our students. Uh, they are great supporters. And, uh, you know, I think we're really close to, to making that happen. We'd love to, love to, you know, get a little mix. We got some parents, we got those season ticket holders in there. We add in the students, you know, it's the right formula. Uh, great opponent. It's going to be a fun weekend. Okay. Just because we've basically been covering baseball at Blair Field for over a decade, we know this, and you guys got to make this happen. There is a spot above the third base line, very top row, where it's like a dead spot in the in the in the what would you call that, Mike? Like the metal backing behind the stands 
There's not going to be very many fans in there, right? But if you make sure that the top row has a couple, you can make a lot of noise by banging on that thing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There is a way to Over make more noise. the top row on the third base. <laughs> yes, this, exactly. Uh, softball also going to be at home. They're going to be at campus at the Long Beach State Softball Complex, taking on Cal Poly, 1 p.m. Saturday doubleheader, and then 1 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, men's volleyball, obviously, in Hawaii. Beach volleyball going to be at CSUN for two matches on Saturday. Uh, also at CSUN, track and field going to be hitting the road. And then that women's golf tournament, obviously, for the Big West title Monday through Wednesday in your Bolina. So everything you want to know about LB Nation, Long Beach State Athletics, you go to the 562.org right now because we've got the newsletter, the videos, the previews, recaps, photos, Twitter updates, and interaction you need to know what's going on at the beach. We now welcome on our special guest for the week. She is the first dedicated coach for Long Beach State Women's Water Polo in more than a decade. It's Shayna Welch. Coach, how are you doing out there? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. So would you consider this season a success for you in that you guys were actually able to get back into the pool and compete in the Big West Conference? I, I think that's the the focus this year. You know, just being able to come back. We've got, you know, we see some other teams that, weren't able to or didn't come back. We got Northridge who didn't come back. We got Santa Barbara who dropped out late. So just, I think every day that we wake up and we know we can go to the pool, that is a success in itself. So we're extremely grateful that we're back. You guys got that Big West win against UC San Diego. What was the score like 45 to 72? Was it 15, 14? <laughs> it was a high scoring game. I like to focus on our offense, but you know, defensively, we maybe have some things we could clean up, but uh, it, it was a good win for us. Yeah. How important was it to get that win going into the tournament? Well, it was huge, not only from just a team standpoint, but uh, a mental standpoint too, because, you know, we were struggling a little bit there in the beginning and, I think that shows, you know, for, for our team, Hey, we can do it. You know, they're number one seed in our conference right now. So coming out and being able to get a win is, is huge going into our big West weekend. So we usually put the scores in our weekly notebook that we have on the five, six, org, And I've written uh, Lena Katanchin's name a few times this year. <laughs> She's pouring in the goals right now. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about her. Yeah. Lena's great. She, uh, she actually was a transfer from Hartwick. She was at Hartwick for a few years. Uh, they dropped their program. She stayed and finished out her undergrad and came to us. She had two years left and then last year happened. So she got last year back and we got her this year and then she'll be coming back next year. You know, just a solid all around player for us. Um, you know, she just always shows up and is ready to go. One of the hardest workers I've ever coached. So we're happy to have gotten Lena. There's a lot of frustration from last year and all the seasons getting cut. I would put the dirt bags and your team on the top of that list of being frustrated because you guys were playing so well. They got like you won 12 of your uh, first 18 games, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things were going so well. How frustrated was the program when that happened? And then how did you guys get over that through the summer and obviously the rest of the year? Frustrated might be an understatement. I think there was a lot of emotions wrapped up into, into one bag there. It, yeah, it's tough as a coach, you know, obviously we're on a roll. You've got a team that's coming together, a lot of talent, a lot of young players, and they were doing everything we asked them to do as a staff and seeing that come together in that last UC San Diego game with the win at home, we were, we were, we were on a roll. So we were excited. It was, yeah, frustrating to see it come to an end, but I think we, as a staff, tried to put as much of a positive spin on it as we could, as far as everyone coming back and, 
you know, we, we try to convince a few seniors to come back, but I think they had already had some plans to move on. So, you know, you just got to make the best of it. And, you know, we're, we're back, we're doing what we can, and that's all we can do on a daily basis is just do our best. So. Yeah. How were you able to keep the girls kind of together and cohesive th through the pandemic? Did you guys do any team building stuff outside the pool? I, I wish we could have done team building stuff together, but unfortunately we were, we were just like everybody else in the world of zoom, you know, staying socially distant. So we had weekly meetings sometimes, you know, twice a week. Uh, and just, we were trying to get creative, but we started out, you know, we did some film review just to keep us in the game. We did some, you know, team building stuff on zoom. We did, you know, a costume party for Halloween and, it's hard to believe how much time we actually spent on Zoom, you know, over a year that uh, we were trying to come up with creative and new things to keep everyone engaged. But I, I couldn't be more proud of this team, not only, you know, overcoming the adversity of having a season end where they're on a high note, but them staying engaged for as long as they did. You know, I was like, you guys must be sick of seeing my face on Zoom trying to come up with all these ideas, but they did such a great job and just staying cohesive and be able to come back and be ready to work. It, it's unbelievable to see what these kids have been able to do. It's awesome. What would you go as for the Halloween uh, costume contest? Honestly, it's so long ago. I can't even remember. I think I dressed, I dressed, I know I dressed up something with my daughter. I think I've got to brainstorm this one because that is so far <laughs> down the timeline. <laughs> I'd have to look back. I know there's pictures somewhere. It wasn't anything yeah. interesting because I didn't win. I know that. We had okay. some, we had some good I was going to say, do you remember who won? Wait, no, that's the picture we, had we a, got to Our find. freshmen came out. They were ready to go. They had makeup. They had the wigs. They had everything. So they did a good job. They, they were ready to compete. What's the personality of the, this group that you have? Obviously, they've been through a lot, so I'm sure it's changed. We're all over the spectrum. They, we've got, you know, we've got our goofballs that are always ones telling jokes and having a good time. We've got the serious ones. We've got the quiet ones. So, um, you know, they, I, I like to think we're a pretty balanced team. They do a good job of balancing each other out. And, you know, the, the our captains, Ariana and, and Lena, and then we've got Morelia who actually took a COVID year, but Ariana and Lena have been doing a great job balancing out this group. So it's, uh, it's always fun to show up. It's something different every day. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of balance, you know, obviously being a young coach, you're probably learning your way through some of this stuff, but what do you want from your team when you're talking about that balance and those personalities and trying to make it, you know, cohesive and keeping them all together? How do you do that? Yeah, I think that was one thing, you know, we could say we probably, I don't know if struggle is the word, but it is definitely a challenge to, come out of a COVID year and go into this year with no preseason, you know, we came in late. I think we we're the last team to get started back in the pool as competitive as a coach as I am. And as, as competitive as our team is, you have to find that balance of, okay, we've got to be kind to ourselves and know that we've, we still need time to get in shape and get to where we need to be, to be cohesive as a group in the pool. So you've got to really find this balance of, you know, being tough on on the team and being tough on yourself to hold this high standard of competitiveness but also to understand hey we we were handed some tough losses in the beginning that i i know our potential is we can win those games but just from a timeline standpoint we just didn't have the time to prepare we just you know you get thrown into it and the conditioning's not there the the repetitions aren't there so we're starting to see that come together now with what we were able to do against san diego but um 
yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, but uh, we're, we're getting there. Do you think at all about how you want your players or your players' family or fans of the program to look at you as a head coach? Do you think at all like, oh, this is the way I want people to view me as a head coach, kind of based on your philosophy? Like, are you a Phil Jackson type who is handing out books? I mean, are you a yeller? Like, what do you, which kind of coach? I think do you I'm, I'm somewhere in between. I think uh, okay. one thing I learned through being an athlete and, and starting out in coaching is yelling doesn't get you very far. Uh, and it, and the more you do it, the less effective it is, you know, and it's funny, you, we talk about the different personalities on the team and we've got those kids who say, Hey coach, you can, you can yell at me. You can push me. Sometimes I need to be yelled at. And we've got others that, you know, don't, don't thrive under that environment. So that's one thing as a coach, understanding who your players are as individuals and being able to coach them, you know, you're coaching a team, but you're also coaching individuals. So understanding how they react to, your personality and how you coach. Sometimes you have to change that from player to player and, and kind of work through those. But, you know, I just, I, I shared my favorite poem with them yesterday. So if you want to, you know, I, I okay. go down that route sometimes uh, it's called the challenge. So I sent that to them. I usually send it to them every year as we go into big West. And, you know, again, it's, you talk about balance. There's definitely, you have to find that balance and being tough on them some days when they make mistakes and, and making sure they understand, you know, how to fix them. And, you know, outside of the pool, if they're making mistakes, how to keep them on the straight and narrow at the end of the day, we're trying to help develop them as, you know, just good people. We want them to be good people. We also want them to be good water polo players and good athletes and good teammates. But I, I want them to leave our program going out into our community and going out into the, the career choice that they, they decide and be able to give back. So that's what we're, we're trying to just develop good people and then being able to look back and go, and we also played some really good water polo. You know, we were really good. So that's, that's the, the route where we're going. Well, it wasn't that long ago. You were a, a pretty good player in your own right. So what kind of player were you? Did you want to get yelled at? I was okay with being yelled at. I came from old school background. My high school coach was my dad's football coach. So he oh. was around for a while. And you think about old school football coaches, you know, he, he brought that to the pool deck. So uh, I spent a lot of time underwater, you know, letting out my frustrations and then coming back. But that old school mentality of, you know, you never you just respect. You don't talk back to coaches and all that. And I carry that into what I do now. And, um, you know, a lot of the foundation that I had as a player and as a coach, you know, was was a lot that I had as a player growing up and, and even from my parents. But, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's just about, again, I, I'm going to go back to balance. It's just finding that balance. And um, I, I hope that in 10 years, you keep saying I'm a young coach and that it wasn't that long ago that I played because I like hearing that because when I wake up in the mornings with these aches and pains, you know, I don't feel <laughs> so young anymore, but it's, uh, I think it helps me relate to them as players too. They understand that, you know, if I can get in the pool and keep playing, I, I would. And you know, every now and then it's, it's nice to jump in to just do some drill demonstrations, stuff like that. And they go, oh, wow, coach can swim still. You know, it's nice to, to see that. So I think they can relate a little bit and I can relate a little bit. And that helps in my coaching, you know, what I'm doing on a daily basis. Well, you certainly left your mark at Michigan. You played some uh, professionally overseas. Well, what are some of your favorite memories from your playing days? What's the first thing you think of? <sighs> You know, I just loved being at practice with my friends and working hard. And, you know, I was one of those players. That's such a coach answer. I know. I know. <laughs> I'll tell you what I mean. And I do it now, but it's, it's, I, I say it's a sickness because you just, 
I, I just love our sport and I love what we do. And um, I try to instill that in our players of, Hey, if you guys want to go for a run after practice, they're like rolling out. I was like, come on, coach, we're not going to go for a run, you know, or, Hey, there's the, the bike. If you want to jump on it for an extra hour. Um, I was just, you know, that's the level that I operated at and I still do as a coach. And sometimes you have to remember to bring it down a little bit that not everybody operates at that level. Um, but you know, that's why I enjoyed doing what I did and, and, you know, being successful, you have to be putting in that work. So that's, that's where we're trying to get at, you know, with our players and our team and they're, they're there, they're there. And I just continue to push that, that work ethic and that mentality with them. And they're going to be, uh, you know, right there. I, I think we've got a good group. Some of my favorite conversations with Long Beach State coaches, specifically like Alan Knipe or Kim Souter, is how has the game changed from when they were playing to now when they're trying to teach kids how to play? So for you, how, how much has the game changed since you were in the pool? It's changed quite a bit, actually. And, you know, we see all these rule changes coming out. They're trying to get the game to be a little bit quicker. One issue we've always had with our game is, you know, if you take someone who hasn't watched water polo before is, you know, what are all these whistles? What's going on? It's, it's hard to follow because it's already a pretty fast sport. Um, you know, they, you know, when I played, we used to be able to block with two arms. Can't do that anymore. You know, the clock has changed. The, the time of the quarters has changed. Uh, the, we're seeing that, you know, this year, the five meter and the six meter, the addition of the six meter, um, trying to line up with a little, a little bit more with our international play and FINA play. Um, but it's just getting, you know, trying to get a little bit more excitement in the game and a, and a quicker speed, um, which is fun. You know, for me as a coach, it keeps things exciting. And, and for me, I have to keep learning and adjusting and the players have to keep learning and adjusting and it keeps our sport exciting. But, you know, even from a refing standpoint, you know, you see, you know, when I played, it was a little bit more physical, you, you know, they let the centers work a little bit more. They weren't so quick to call the fouls or the kickouts. And now really it's a, making that adjustment of, you know, the offense is being rewarded with the, you know, with some quicker calls and, and we're seeing more kickouts, more six on fives, more penalties, just with the, the rule changes. So just a little quicker pace. And, you know, when, and that, that changes how you recruit too, because you're looking for, you know, a little bit more speed, a little bit, you know, uh, that's just quick, quick uh, decision-making. So it's definitely changed. And it's tough too to, to adjust to that roughing sometimes because it can be frustrating. Yeah, you got to readjust every single time you step on the deck. Uh, speaking of adjusting, was this where you thought you'd be like 15 years ago? Did you think, oh, I want to be a college football water polo coach? I think I thought I'd be playing water polo forever in my young mind. I thought, oh, <laughs> I can do this forever. And, you, you know, your parents are always telling you, you know, pick, pick a degree that I think my first degree I picked was um, – we had one that like, there was no title to it. It was just your general studies. And my dad, I remember saying, he's like, you're not going to play water pool forever. Let's pick something that you can do, you know? Um, so I, in my mind, I, if I looked back, I would say yes, because in my opinion, this is my dream job. You know, I went some other routes for a few years, tested out and I ended up back where I am. And so I hope I'm here forever. I, I love what I do. I think this is the best job in the world. And it fits my personality. I know it's not for everybody, but uh, for me, it's definitely where I want it to be. And, uh, and I love what I'm doing. So I'm happy. Yeah. In, in your mind, why, why did you choose Long Beach State? You know, as much as Long Beach State chose you, you had to apply for the job. So, so why did it stick out? I'll tell you what, I'm going to call out the coaches at the time. When I was looking at going to school, I was blowing up Long Beach State. There was something about Long Beach. I remember 
you know, when I was training with the, with the youth national team, I had been out here, I had interacted with Ricardo Azevedo quite a bit. And I, I just loved kind of his style of coaching and I really wanted to go to Long Beach state and he coached the men at the time. So I'm sending all these emails and I hadn't heard anything back yet. And I wanted to early commit. I ended up early committing with Michigan. And uh, then I had gotten an email back from, from Rico saying, Hey, yeah, why don't you come out and check out the school? And I'm like, Oh, I already committed, you know? So it's, it's come full circle for me. I look back and I go, man, I wanted to go there as a player and now I'm here coaching. Um, so it's, it's funny how life works. And, you know, I guess an added bonus is that my wife played at Long Beach state. So, you know, when we came back to Long Beach, it just made sense for, for me to, to, to get back into coaching here. And I don't know if we'll ever leave Long Beach unless we get uh, kicked out, but we love this city and we love this community. So there's no better place to be. Makes my recruiting easy. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, when you got here, Gavin Arroyo was, uh, was in charge. So let's talk a little bit about Gavin. What did you learn from him specifically, like you said, on the international front? Yeah, I mean, Gavin's a wealth of knowledge and experience. He's, he's been all over the place and he's played all over the world and he's, you know, coaching with the national team. So, you know, as an assistant, one thing you want to do is just absorb as much information as you can. I mean, I was always writing notes in my phone and, and writing stuff in my notebook and falling around on the pool deck. And, you know, it, it's just trying to be a sponge. And, you know, and, and then when you become a head coach, it's kind of sorting through those things and, and you know, figuring out how you're going to have your own identity and what you're going to use from your past coaches as a player, but also who you, you were coaching under. So, you know, I coached at, at Harvard and was at Bucknell. And so you're taking all these little tidbits from all these coaches that you're with, but I love picking Gavin's brain. And, and I know he does the same with, with other coaches. So it's just fun to sit down and talk about water polar, you know, why are you running it from this side? Or, you know, let's talk about what new things the, the men's national team are doing and how can we implement that in the women's game? And um, it, it, it keeps it fun. It's exciting to have somebody to, you know, chat about water polo with, cause I know our spouses and our families can only handle so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of exciting time, it is exciting for you guys, big West conference tournament coming up. How are you preparing for a tournament that basically feels like it was coming up the whole season? You know, as soon as the season started, it was right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, it, it's such a unique year and it's so different. And I'm, I'm sure the other coaches can relate is, you know, you, your whole preseason is a wash that time you take to really get that foundation going with your team, your conditioning, all of that. I mean, it's gone. So you're trying to look at your schedule and, and kind of count backwards from your big West. And, you know, you talk about phases or, you know, your, your, what you're going to be doing and you just condense that. And, you know, you try to fit in as much as you can in, in that time that you have, we've got 20 hours a week. How can we fit in as much as possible in that time? trying to balance the, the conditioning, the scrimmaging, and then skill work. So, you know, I'm looking at, we got two weeks, you know, we're the only team with a, with a bye weekend. So we've got a weekend of rest going into uh, next week and we'll most likely play in that Friday game, that four or five seed. So this week, the focus is all conditioning, you know, a little bit of skill work and, and, and um, scrimmaging. But as we go into next week, we'll lay off a little bit and rest and focus. Looks like we're gonna match up with Irvine on Friday. So we can, we'll, we'll know this weekend once the final seeds are out, but it'll give us a full week to really focus on that Irvine game and, and our opponent and be able to just work on the, on the little details that are going to make the difference in that game on Friday. All right, before we let you go, we got to do some fun questions. Let's do some favorites. What is your favorite movie? What's a movie you could watch over? Ooh, and over I'm going to go throwback Goonies. Goonies oh, great. all the way. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, how about your favorite meal or favorite type of food? 
Uh, I am that, that food is my weakness. I will eat anything, but I think I, from my time over at Greece, you know, I, I could go for Greek food almost any night. So uh, good George's down on second street, take out there, yes. there you go to. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Speaking of international, what's your favorite place outside the U S Ooh, I'll, I, I am sad. (laughs) I know I'm sad to admit that I have not been to Italy yet and that's on the, on the bucket list. So we've got to get over there, but I would love to get back to the Greek Isles. It's, uh, it's, we've got a laundry list of places we want to go, but that's definitely on there to get back to the Greek Isles. Yeah. I I feel like everybody has that laundry list now, right? Here are all the things I wish I could go to. Uh, It's backed up after this year. So (laughs) Um, how about, did you have a favorite water polo player, somebody growing up that you might've idolized or looked up to? You know, I gotta say, um, Coralie Simmons was playing on the national team when, when I was playing and there was, you know, a few others, but just watching those, those women play on the team, you know, I, I always just would sit there and watch the video and go, okay, I can do this. I can do that. And just, and I, I tell our players now, Hey, watch, watch Maggie Steffens, watch, you know, the, the players that are in there now. And, and pick apart what they do and emulate that, you know, I mean, there's so much video out there now, you know, when I played, we had to pop the VHS in and, and sit there in front of the, the roller TV, you know, that was strapped onto the thing. And, um, but just, you know, yeah, we had some really good players when, when I was around and I loved watching them play um, Erica Lorenz, you know, the fast players that, you know, I, I grew up as a swimmer, so that was my background. So I was always watching the ones that were the the quick ones and maybe a little on the smaller side, you know, I was, I'm five, seven, and we'll say a, a quarter, five, seven, and a quarter. I think I used to put five, eight on my, on my roster. <laughs> but, um, you know, just learning those kind of tricks when you're on the smaller side was, was always fun to watch Coralie play. Uh, where's your favorite place to swim in Long Beach? A lot of options. Yeah. I think if we can sneak away, it's the Bay. We like to get out in the Bay and go for a nice swim out there on a nice sunny day. And, you know, you just can't beat being at Ken Lindgren, you know, I mean, we've got a beautiful pool and it's nice uh, just to get out there. I think that when we got back, I was able to jump in for a few laps and just being away from it for over a year. That is, uh, that's my Zen being in the pool. So it's nice. That's a good one. All right. Last one. We've done this with a couple people, you know, obviously getting through a year is hard enough regularly. You know what I mean? Getting through the pandemic, it was extra difficult. So is there anybody out there, a group of people out there who you want to, we do big shouts on this show. You want to give some big shouts to some people who helped you, uh, helped you get through the last 12 months? Oh man, we could be here all day. I gotta, <laughs> I, mean, I gotta say my family. I mean, if you're going to be locked at home, I, you know, we, we had our newborn, our, my daughter, and she made, she made the time go by quickly and made it fun. So she's a year and a half now and she's still filling our days with, you know, a lot of silliness, but my wife just putting up, my wife was fine with being at home. She loved it. She was like, well, watch me. I was, you know, getting, I, I need to be out. I need to be talking to people. <laughs> so, um, you know, she kept me grounded. And then honestly, just our Long Beach community, our administration, our other coaches, I think there were some moments where we were all frustrated trying to figure out how we were going to get back when we we're going to get back and just having those meetings and reaching out to some other coaches was, you know, I don't know if it's venting sessions or what, but we were all on the same page where we had some frustrations and some challenges. And so I think as a community, we were able to come out of this. So, you know, shout out to the Long Beach community as a whole, everybody, 
So, you know, we're still in it, but, but we're, we're definitely, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we've got our kids going out for vaccinations today. Um, so some exciting times we're, we're just looking forward to getting back. I don't know if normal is the word we can use. I don't know if we'll ever get back to normal, but we're looking forward to being able to have some gatherings and, and doing things in person. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time coming on the show. Obviously best of luck in the tournament and going forward. It was really fun talking to you and, uh, Goonies never say die. That's right. Thanks, JJ. Appreciate it. Another great interview, another episode of the LBF show being put into the books. But before we get out of here, like we do every other week, we got to do our big shouts. Andy, do you got anybody that you're giving a big shout this week? Big shout to our fans. Uh, as I mentioned, great to see them uh, at uh, Walter Pyramid. Looking forward to see them at all our other venues. Getting a little closer, as we've talked about, to, to normalcy, normal. And so, so happy to sell out at, at, at Bull Diamond at Blair Field, I think, right now. So fans are coming back. I wish we could get them all in, but the future looks bright. Shout out to those fans. Mike, how about you? What's your big shout this week? The Los Angeles Dodgers are my shout out this week. Uh, we got a chance to go to a Dodgers game a couple weekends ago. Um, if you're a Dodgers fan and you're vaccinated or you're feeling good about going out and catching a game, I'm just saying there are worse silver linings than 25% capacity with lots of leg room and short lines for Dodger dogs and easy parking in and out of the stadium. Not my worst Dodger stadium experience is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's stick with the baseball theme. Uh, big shouts to everybody out there playing MLB the show this week. I will definitely see you online and please don't you, you yeah, you gotta you you need to hop into a group chat with some of the dirtbags players and just get just absolutely run off of the internet by it. That's the only way you get better, Mike. The only way you get better is to challenge yourself. <laughs> All right, LB Nation. Guess what? We will see you in the stands this week. Take care. <laughs>